I'm Aurier Schwartz, along with my co-hosts, Rachel Galligan and Gabe Ibrahim. Welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We're talking WNBA Finals. show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w we have the washington mystics facing off against the connecticut sun for the 2019 WNBA finals i am joined by my co-hosts rachel galligan and gabe ibrahim and we are speaking about the matchups the we're breaking it down we're, we're going deep on this one as it is the finals the most important five three to five games uh, of the WNBA season. I'm glad to uh, to have my team with me. So we're going to start it off quick. Before you guys even say hello, you can say hello when it's your turn to talk. But for now, Gabe, talk to me about your initial reactions uh, following the game when the Las Vegas Aces are booted out of the playoffs. And now we had a we have a final picture for who's facing off in the WNBA Finals. Well, I think it's uh, it's another check mark for the Mystics this season. They've been saying what they wanted to do all year. They wanted to get the one seed. They got the one seed. They wanted to get EDD. The MVP. They got EDD the MVP. Uh, you know, they got on some awards list. They did everything they wanted to do in the regular season. Now they had to win three games to then win another three games in the playoffs. And they did just that. They beat they beat up the Aces. I called it in four. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one, as I always do. You always have to pat yourself on the back. Um, but, yeah, so we they, they won in four. I think they looked really good. Uh, I think they looked bad at times. And they actually put some stuff on tape for the sun to look at and figure out, well, hey, this worked for the aces. We can kind of represent it this way. Um, so I think they did some bad things, obviously. But, you know, you, you beat the aces in four games. You win on their home court. EDD looks amazing. Somehow she may not be the best player on the team in that series. It was Emma Mieseman. Some some would argue. Um, and I think they just no, it definitely was. That's not. Oh, right. I mean, because no, EDD was, ab- she was unbelievable. Not only from the scoring perspective, but also from just like opening up stuff from her team and catching like that amazing pass from Emma towards the end of the game. Like little little things that you know only she can do. So, but regardless, it's like Emma Misaman was a superstar in this series. Uh, if she does it again, I don't see how they don't take home the title. But I think the Sun also pose some matchup problems. I think they're really smart, really well coached. They're going to take those lessons from that series and apply them in the finals. Rachel, what are your initial reactions and thoughts? I mean, I know we, we kind of got ahead of ourselves. I think I'm one of them early in the season when we all predicted that Vegas would go on and win this entire thing. I mean, you know, looking at it now from a, from an Eagles eye perspective, you know, is it realistic to think that a team that, is just now getting together and, and a young team that has not really been through the trials and the testing that we've seen Washington and Connecticut face these last couple of years that have now ultimately gotten them to the point where they are in the finals. You know, the Las Vegas Aces are an extremely talented team. No one's going to argue that. But are they prepared to come in here and, and you know, defeat a team like Washington in a five-game series? No. You know, and I think um, when it came down to it, we saw so many glimpses of what they could do. Honestly, I thought I thought Las Vegas played fantastic last night in spurts. And, you know, you end up losing by four in what was an incredible game. 
um, for, for just basketball in general. Um, but, but, you know, that, that one hurts and, and I, I didn't expect it to be a sweep by Washington. Um, I really felt like Vegas would steal one. Um, I was going to be shocked if it got pushed to five. Um, and, and anyway, you know, it almost felt like it was going to be impossible for Vegas to go win three in a row. I mean, that would have been absolutely, um, insane <laughs> for something like that to happen. So I think, you know, like from, from a Vegas perspective, they, they finished the season probably exactly where real, realistically from a coaches and, and, and experience perspective, um, they needed to finish. It's going to provide enough hunger for them moving forward. Um, assuming this team stays intact, I guess we'll see. And obviously all eyes are going to be on Liz Cambage, but, you know, turning your attention to Washington, I mean, Emma Mieseman was fantastic. What she was able to do in this series and, and really the element, you know, from, from so many different angles. I mean, we saw Christy Tolliver in flashes do, you know, the, the typical Christy Tolliver things that we've all become very accustomed to seeing throughout the years. And Elena Deladon is the best in the world right now. And you had, you know, three players scoring 20 points plus, you know, for 90. And um, they're, they're just playing at a really high level. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this series between Washington and Connecticut because they're, they're the most battle-tested teams. They're the most experienced teams. Um, they're the most cohesive teams, and they're the teams with the, the most chemistry. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the, everything rose to the top. You know, the, the two best teams rose to the top, and now they're going to show down. And the fact that they haven't seen each other in three months makes it that much better. Oh, it's, it's a crazy aspect that I feel like a lot of people are kind of glossing over, like, how much these teams have changed. Yes, everyone's just going to keep thinking about that 40-40 whatever point win that D.C. had over. 43. 43 point win that D.C. had over Connecticut. Um, but honestly, that's not a fair story. I mean, yeah, Connecticut pulled off a win when Deladon wasn't around. I get that. We, you know, early on in the season, during the flux of growth and all that jazz, and trying to meld these the the two towers, the, you know, Meese and Deladon together has been a struggle of the season and we're seeing it really come together in the perfect form right now in the playoffs, which I think is truly key. If you want to win, I'll say it, I'll preach it. I'll till my voice is sore that Emma Mieseman, not Elena Deladon is the key to victory uh, for this team. And it, without her, they're not going to win it. I know everybody's been talking about that. Oh, she was the missing piece last year, blah, blah, blah. But I would say more so than her being the missing piece was, was learning how to play with her also like yeah she was the missing piece but it also took a lot of growing pains for them to figure it out now granted you have a really deep roster which we're going to get to in a second which aids to the fact that like yeah if they're not necessarily meshing the perfect way you can throw some different lineups and really find your way into it um but let's dive right in Let, let's uh we're going to start front court and then move to back court and just kind of, you know how they do on, on, on all the sports talk shows, kind of decide about which team we feel has the advantage in front court. So I'm going to start with Rachel first. When it comes to front court, who you uh, who you siding with? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I think front court, I, that's a really tough question. I, honestly, all these are going to be hard for me. <laughs> Can we do Gabe first? No. Well, yeah, fine. All right, go Gabe. Oh. <laughs> It's my. It's now being the least experienced co-host. I have to do whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so front court. Ah, I'm. I'm gonna give the advantage here to. Uh, I think Connecticut, but only, only just slightly. Obviously, when you look at the players on this list, the the best player in the front court for either of these teams 
is Elena Deladon because she just won the MVP. She's one of the best basketball players I've ever watched like extensively in person. Um, so she's first, but then there's a good argument that John Quill Jones and Alyssa Thomas are, are better than what Emma Meesman and Latoya Sanders were in the regular season. However, I would, so just on pure, hey, we're looking at the stats, we're looking at the regular season, we're looking at their body of work for this year, probably uh, John Quill Jones, Alyssa Thomas, and Shakina Strickland, who won the three-point contest and really got hot towards the end of the year, um, those three probably have somewhat of an advantage. However, I do think there's a matchup uh, issue for Connecticut in Shakina Strickland because we've seen in the playoffs and later in the season that Coach T loves going to that really big lineup with LaToya, Emma, and Elena playing together. In that matchup, I fail to see how Shakina can be a positive on defense or really even keep up defensively. And then on the other side of the ball, I don't see how um, she really gets away from any of the any of those three players. They're really good at coming off screens. I'd say Emma's probably the most susceptible to what Shakina could do uh, offensively, but she's really shown uh, a lot of a lot of work on that side of the ball in the playoffs, especially. So if they go big, I just see it being a really really tough matchup for Shakina. And even if they don't go big, if they put Ariel Powers or Ariel Atkins in that spot, they'll probably go with whoever's hottest. If they want to go small, I see that person also beating Shakina uh, on on the offensive side for DC and hanging with her on the defensive side. So that's my one that's my one hole. But you know, JJ is so good offensively. I don't know how you stop her. Elena is going to have to run around with her. She might get into foul trouble. I think that's going to be a big problem. It's going to be a big question who you put Elena on. And Alyssa Thomas has been out of her mind. I have no clue how you do this with two torn labrums because it's not just like playing basketball. It's the way she plays basketball, which is like a linebacker, like a really mean linebacker. Um, So she's, you know, I don't, she's beyond the pale of my comprehension, but um, I think she will, she will do pretty well if she's matched up with, Misamin or Lana Deladon, and I'm pretty sure Coach T would rather have Sanders on JJ just for the switching aspect and just for the just for some uh, longer arms there and a little bit more speed. So it, that's the really that's the you know I think the top two players there um, do well. I think Shakina's the the question mark for me, but I would give the edge just slightly to Connecticut. But so, uh, Rachel, sorry to cut you off real quick, but I, now I've, I agree or I disagree. Sorry. I, I think DC has the advantage on, on, on the front court. Um, but I view it differently where, you know, hearing you describe it, I'm looking at heights and Shakina's two inches shorter than Emma Miesemann, according to official stats, you know, maybe they're, they're pumping up Shakina a little bit and they're shrinking Emma a little bit also, but then she's got, uh, Shakina's then got four inches on Atkins. So for me, especially with how Atkins has played so far this playoff series, uh, I know some people are gonna gonna ring me out for this one. But honestly, I I give that advantage to Shakina. Um, she's got the size, she's got the ability to stretch the floor and shoot the three, as we all know. Um, obviously, her against Misaman is a mismatch, and that's the real question: is okay, who can they bring in to kind of throw off balance? Because as we saw in the Aces series, it comes down to truly Emma Misaman, like. Defenses are going to focus in on Elena Deladon. 
and it's going to get harder and harder. Obviously, it's Landell Don. She's a freak of nature. She's the best player in the world right now. It's going to be impossible to stop her. You can only hope to contain her. But for me, it's like, okay, let's look at the rotations. Let's look at who they have on this roster of Connecticut that they can use because, you know, the question is, John Quell, who do you want John Quell on? Do you want John Quell on LaToya? Do you want John Quell on Emma? Like, that's that's why I think the front court, and it's not even a Shakina thing. It's just like trying to figure out the best way to use John Quell and Alyssa uh, to, to try and pair against them. And then Shakina, okay, yeah, I feel like, honestly, I'm fine putting Shakina on LaToya because LaToya's not going to win the series for you. LaToya might drop 20 in a game, and that would be a big explosion. But, like, if you can contain Emma and Elena and Shatoya, uh, sorry, LaToya drops uh, a, a good amount of points, I'm not mad about that. I'm mad if Elena or Meese are killing me constantly. Uh, but that's my two cents. Rachel, what are your thoughts? I'll just chime in real quick on this because I think you guys both have excellent points. Um, but but there's one player that brings something something to the table in this front court matchup that no one else has, and that's John Quill Jones as being a true rim protector with the size um, and the length that no one else really has out there on the court. Now, I, I mean, we're, you could almost argue in some ways that the front court is the strength of this entire series. We'll, we'll get into the back court here in a minute. Um, but there's so many different matchups and, and so many ways in which you could play this, this chess game out of that. But what I love about JJ is she's athletic enough and versatile enough to be able to stretch the floor and guard, you know, uh, multiple opponents on that on that mystics roster you know you, you could potentially match her up with edd you could potentially match her up with you know latoya sanders you know that that you know, we're just going to see how they how they, maybe i should look back and see how they matched up before but jj has the versatility to go out and defend on the perimeter and can move laterally in those ways but you know washington at times it felt like they struggled really defending Cambage and, and they struggled really defending Asia Wilson on the interior. And I want to focus in more on Cambage. You know, th- there were moments now they did double her and that caused her some frustrations. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of Cambage's uh, that, that, that back to the basket presence, that, that, that major presence that we're talking about, that there's only a few of them in the league that JJ has um, being able to throw it over the top and place the ball in specific and exact places where they can just go turn and go to work. Obviously JJ is more versatile than that, but I think she brings an element that really puts a ton of pressure on this Washington defense and how they match up with her. She's going to have to be really big, you know, no pun intended, but through this series of being a huge option inside and being able to throw the ball to and go to work, I really do feel like Washington, although they can be a tremendous defensive talent inside, they struggle at times against major presences like you know the Griners um the Cambages the the John Quill Joneses of the world and so her her presence alone is a difference maker I'm not saying that makes Connecticut um have the advantage in the front court we're just seeing two completely contrasting styles of play (laughs) and that's what's going to make this so exciting oh I feel like all three of us there like, I don't know about you guys, but me, as soon as I said Connecticut's gonna has the front court advantage, I immediately wanted to change my mind. Because I've thought about this so much and every single time I look at it, I come up with a different conclusion. Well, and it seems crazy to say something like that when Elena Deladon and Emma Meeseman are playing at the level right now. You know, it doesn't it doesn't even make any sense. I think anybody who would you could immediately your reaction would think Washington. And I think in so many ways, when you analyze it 
from a certain lens, they absolutely do have that advantage. But you can't look past Connecticut in the presence of John Quill Jones and what Alyssa Thomas is doing right now. I mean, they're playing phenomenal and they're as connected and, and, and locked in defensively as any team. So I, I'm looking at it from a defensive standpoint and who has the advantage on the ability to score. Um, and again, they're just, they're, they're so different. Um, but it is, I mean, how do you sit here and say Connecticut has a better front court than Washington? I mean, that just sounds ridiculous. I know. It sounds crazy. To be fair, like as I, Gabe, I I give you a lot of props because the second, like I hear Rachel expanding on it more then I'm like, oh crap, did I pick the wrong people? (laughs) Am I about to flip over to Connecticut? No, because like, let's be real. DC has not been shooting as well as they did during the regular season during the playoffs. And rebounding is going to be a key element for this front court. Like, we can't exclude that. And something that I know if you're a DC fan, you get really frustrated with is, yes, Elena Deladon has done an amazing job of rebounding. I'm not tra- taking away from what she's done this season. Emma also. But, like, I do stand here and I go, John Quill Jones has, shout out to Gabe's favorite movie, The Replacements, John Quill Jones has those stick hands where you throw the ball anywhere near her and she's grabbing it. And, and, and like, yeah, she doesn't have that, like, same paint presence that Liz Cambage has, but she does have a similar paint presence, and she has that ability to stretch it much more than Liz ever could. So I'm excited for this matchup and to see kind of, you know, who's right, who's wrong, or who gets the best. Because for me, I don't view – when I look at a series, I don't view it as right as wrong. Yeah, we can look at the L.A.-Connecticut series and say, like, if you saw Connecticut just mopping the floor with them – you were right. And that that's a, a rare instance where you can say you were right and you were wrong, because I truly feel in most series, unless you're talking about a sweep there, it's not and so much thing. of it is like stuff. We're not even going to see like who, who would have predicted Emma Mieseman's performance. We, we all thought she would do, you know, good stuff, but you can never tell. So I'm with you, RA. I mean, I don't know. I want to change my mind on, that, on all of this already. we're going to be like talking to ourselves through this entire series. Every game is going to be different. You're going to see different adjustments being made. You're going to see different things that are thrown out. I mean, this is an ultimate chess match between coach Tebow and, and, and Kurt Miller. I mean, this is an absolute chess match and some of the, I mean, ab- the absolute best players in the world. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I tweeted something out last night. Like do, do people understand what we're getting ready to watch? Now this is different because you know, it's, it, it's two new teams and from what we've seen in the past and what we've been accustomed to talking about probably the last 10 years. But these teams are phenomenal and they are playing at the absolute highest level that they are capable of right now. Um, and it's, I, I don't, I, I absolutely do not foresee a sweep. I would be completely shocked. I think it's going to five. I hope. I know Gabe <laughs> wants it because Gabe just wants basketball. Gabe lives for basketball. I want basketball. <laughs> Just want to go to more basketball games. Whatever that means, I don't care. Have the Mystics play like the winner of in the next league. I don't care. Pick one. Let's just keep playing basketball. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to the backcourt. Um, I'm, I'm uh, I, I don't even want to go first because I want to. I want to tell someone why they are wrong. Um, so Rachel, I'm going to let you go first. Sure. Um, Connecticut has the advantage in the backcourt. Um. I mean, and, and, and so much of that has to do with, I mean, Courtney, Courtney Williams is playing at the court. I, and then I'm trying not to be biased because I am such a fan of Courtney Williams. I have been very vocal on that. I think she's just so fun in so many ways, but she's extremely talented. She's extremely clutch. 
She is one of the best players from a mid-range off the dribble standpoint in the league. And we all know she's got the ability to rise, you know, to elevate her game to a completely different level um, when, when it's crunch time. Um, she has that in her. Um, it, it's, it's a little different than, you know, the Chelsea Grayish that we've be- become accustomed to talking about. But she has that in her. She absolutely does. You know, she at any point she can go off and give you 25. Um, so the way she's playing right now, the momentum she's playing with, the swag, the chip on her shoulder, all of that stuff. Um, I absolutely – and the same thing with Jasmine Thomas. I mean, Jasmine Thomas started the regular season. I mean, she had a great year. I mean, she, she's a veteran player. Um, she doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Her and Kurt Miller are as locked in as, you know, um, a guard and a head head coach could possibly be. And um, I think she brings a presence to this team um, and an IQ to this team that has them largely playing the way they're playing right now. Uh, but she started out the season. I mean, she was averaging 11 a game and in playoffs, she's elevated that scoring to over 18 points a game. So she's playing at an extremely high level. So those two, um, and just kind of what they're capable of doing. And, and honestly, like I, I know Shakina Strickland, we're talking backcourt, but like she can also be, be in front court because of her versatility. I mean, let's remember, you guys remember early in the season, like her, oh, her ability. I mean, she's a monster and we haven't necessarily seen it to what we saw early. Um, but she is one of the best three point shooters in the league shooting just under 40%. And then that's a, that's a lot going up. So um, I, I think it's hands down. Um, no question. Connecticut wins that, that category for sure. So I Gabe, do you want to go? Cause I know you have a slight different view on this. Um, or do you want me to kind of pat Rachel on the back as it were? I'll go. I'm sorry. Um, All right, well, yeah, I'm back. Uh, so the, uh, the backcourt matchup is going to be really interesting. I do tend to agree. So I'm changing my mind on the front court officially. I'm going with DC um, to make this statement that I do think that Connecticut's backcourt is better. That's kind of, you know, that's not a hot take right now. However, I don't think that will be true by the end of this series because I think Natasha Cloud, she, you want to talk about a chip on her shoulder, she will find any chip and put it on her shoulder. And I think she's going to find one when she's hearing all this good stuff about Courtney Williams and seeing all the, you know, Courtney Williams, Jasmine Thomas, they're both doing all this amazing stuff. And no one's really talked about Natasha Cloud as far as her on-court play because she hasn't played that well. I think she's going to bring it in this series. I think she's going to bring it defensively. And so I was playing this matchup in 2K, which we all know is a perfect basketball simulation. So I put uh, Cloud on Courtney Williams, and it worked really well. And I think that would actually be, you know, obviously I'm not just taking this from 2K, um, but I think that would be a good matchup just because – I think Cloud uh, can get into Courtney's space, can try to uh, get under her and try to force her into some tougher mid-range looks. She loves the mid-range, so just let her shoot from there, but make it tougher. Because you give her an open mid-range look, it ain't it, it's going in, you know. And then I think you put Christy Tolliver as as long as she's maybe she's probably finishing though. If she's finishing, you put her on Jasmine because I think Jasmine's biggest tool is the catch and shoot three. That's how she killed uh, L.A. And then she was also doing a great job of darting into the lane. And I think that's going to be a problem for Tolliver. But if she can take away those catch-and-shoot threes, limit that production offensively, I think she's going to she's gonna be able to at least hold uh, Jasmine Thomas at bay. On the other side of the ball, when Cloud and Tolliver and probably you know Ariel Powers, Ariel Atkins, depending on how they, they, uh, they, uh, Coach T uses them, will be in the back and will be uh, guards. But I think on the offensive side, Tolliver is going to be running all around. I think they're going to put Courtney Williams on her. I don't think Courtney can quite keep up with Tolliver if she's playing 
at somewhere close to 100%. I would consider the last game, she looked more hurt than she did in games one or two. So if she's playing like games one or two of the Aces series, I think Tolliver wins that matchup on offense. And I think uh, Cloud, you know, she's going to have a tough, who doesn't have a tough road ahead of them when you have Jasmine Thomas <laughs> standing in front of you. Um, so it's going to be tough for her, but I think she'll be able to at least move around the bunch, at least draw some fouls on Jasmine and get her off her. I think she's going to have to push the pace. She loves to push the pace. This team loves to push the pace. She needs to get out on everything, made shots, missed shots, rebounds, outlets, whatever. She needs to get out and running um, to make my prediction come true. So I'm picking, as of right now, Connecticut's uh, backcourt is better, but by the end of the series, we're going to be saying something different. So Can I come? Yeah, go for it, Rich. I... I, I'm going to say something that just sounds ridiculous, but I have to get it off my chest. There is there is something about Christy Tolliver that literally makes me insane. And <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you. I, th- I think she – I'm not trying to take away for what she's done for women's basketball, the career she's had, everything that she is capable of doing because I have seen some of the amazing shots and things that she can do. She's incredible. It's just a level of like – when that shot goes up, those circus shots that we see from her at times, you you literally it's it's like an emotional roller coaster that is so exhausting because you have no idea if she's going to miss it by eight feet or if she's going to bang like five in a row. I mean, like last night we saw her against Vegas. I mean, there were moments she's taking shots and she's missing the entire rim, just slamming it off the backboard. Like I I am I continuously sometimes in shock of some of her shots and where they go and how far off they are as someone who is a shooter and doing all the step back Steph Curry crap that she's doing. But then on the flip side, she's out there shaking and baking and stepping back and she'll hit some sort of crazy shot and fall into the first row and it goes in and it's just, it's the most beautiful, amazing thing, but then it can be the most ridiculous thing at the same time. I still question a little bit you know, um, and, and I'm and I'm taking it back a little bit, maybe to last year. I felt like there were times where Tolliver lost them games down the stretch. Mm-hmm. In the um, I questioned her coach gene a little bit at times, um, and sometimes, I mean, I I know she just kind of came back, and so she's getting back into it, and she's done some good things. She played great, um, but I, I'm just saying it's like it's like a it's like a Jekyll and a Hyde to me with her, and and it's 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 either extremely high and I'm blown away by it, or I am just like, what in the actual hell did I just look at? Um, but I still question, you know, is this Washington Mystics team this year in 2019 in the month of September, are they better without her on the floor? Because wait, she- I have a lot of, I have a lot of yeah. questions. First of all, how dare you? Um, <laughs> uh, no, but all right. I under, let me can I, can I respond. Very quickly. So I do I do get that because like Steph Curry wishes that he had the green light to yeah. take some of the shots that Christy Tolliver does. Um because they're absurd. They're absurd. They're completely ridiculous. I think a lot of it boils down to like foul seeking and just like, you know, heat check. She's a shooter, she's gotta shoot. I think the team trusts her doing that. Um, however, you know, very quickly, I think they're better with her on the floor. I think she was really hampered by the knee brace and uh, the injury last game, where she wasn't in games one and two. Then she ripped it off. Then she ripped it off, and she came out with 12 points in the quarter. So, you know, I I, I totally take your point. I think it's a good one. I just – I think she's still um, she's still a net positive for this team, and they really, really trust her. So if it's going on in their heads, it's at least helpful in that regard. So, uh, all right, let, let me get my two cents in. I'll, I'll talk about Tolliver, and then I'll get into this this whole front, or sorry, backcourt debacle, if you were. Um, 
For me, I I think Tolliver has her ups and downs, as we've all talked about. But I completely agree with you, Rachel. She has lost them games, and arguably, yes, yeah, she in her like nine three pointer playoff game last season that saved them and caused them to move on. Blah blah blah. I get all that. I hear it. I'm fine with it. But at the end of the day, she is a faucet. She's either super hot or she's super cold. And sometimes, you know, it's switching back and forth every couple minutes because she's a shooter and she's going to shoot. But the reality for me is her off the bench is a better element for this team because when you can have somebody who is as prestigious as her, who is not like at that far of the end of her career and still can put up those points, that is something that is a super, super good weapon in the playoffs and in the finals. Now, that being said, like, oh, well, why don't you know, blah, 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 give her time. We talked about Candace Parker getting 11 minutes and not getting enough time to really get the flow of the game. I hear that. I just, I, uh, one of my bigger issues with this DC, this Mystics team happens to be Tolliver, so I'm going to move on past that. Let's talk about the matchups of the backcourt. I don't think there is a person defensively. Tolliver is not a great defender. She, I, she's not at the point of becoming a turnstile like uh, like Diane Taurasi, but she's not a great defender. She's not an elite defender. She is not going to shut down Courtney Williams. She's not going to shut down Jasmine Thomas. Okay? It's going to come down to what Natasha Kyle can do defensively against Courtney Williams like you touched on, Gabe. But on the flip side, the way I look at it is Natasha Cloud orchestrates this offense. Natasha Cloud, if is thrown off her game, it just starts a tailspin that this offense goes into. We saw it in game three, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, that was the worst game of the season or one of the worst games we've seen from D.C. But to me, the reason it was one of the worst games is because Aces were able to just throw Cloud off her game. When you throw Cloud off her game, that throws Tolliver off hers, that throws Emma off hers, that throws me, or, uh, Deladon off hers, that throws everybody. It, it, like I said, it's a tailspin, and it looks bad, and it's not good. Jasmine Thomas is going to be an elite defender that we have seen over the past few years, few, few years getting that nod for first-team all-defense. And I honestly, I see her focusing in and shutting her down because for me, like we spoke about, that hot and coldness from Christy Tolliver, Courtney Williams doesn't need to shut her down. Courtney Williams can say, okay, I'm going to play good defense on her and realize that, and honestly, this is, and this is a point that I kind of want your guys' perspectives on, with Tolliver, I feel like it's less about who's covering her. I don't think to myself and go, oh, and unless you're going to cover Tolliver full court the whole game, I don't think it matters who's necessarily covering her. You can be a great defender or a mediocre defender because at the end of the day, Tolliver almost shoots better when she's better defended. So for me, it's it's honestly like, Courtney, you can chill out a little bit on defense. Yes, play good defense, get in her face, do a little smack talk, get in her head a little bit. But you don't necessarily need to give your all to shut her down, to shut down this team. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge advantage for this Connecticut team to pull off a victory and win in five. Yeah, I jumped ahead to my predictions. Rachel, give me some thoughts. What do you think about Christy Tolliver in that that shutdown talk? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, The shutdown talk. You're talking about... Tolliver being able to shut down defensively to get shut down like as far as like a defender doesn't need to to shut her down so I guess shut down talk is is misleading but like I I don't (laughs) think necessarily you need someone to shut her down quote unquote for you to like keep her out of the game I think it's more about her than anyone else yeah I think it's more about her than anything else you know and she's a smart enough player very cerebral player. She knows how to be able to get her shots. And we're, we're going to see a lot of hot and cold moments out of Tolliver in this series. You know, there, there's going to be games where I think she, and I'm just, again, I'm assuming it's going five because that's just 
what I'm hoping for. But I think she's going to have nights where, you know, she, she plays fantastic. And then she's going to have nights where maybe it's a little bit off, but she's still going to give you, you know, 10 to 12 points because that's just what she does. She, she's such a smart player. Um, so being able to get her shots and, and her shot selection at times may not always be the best, or maybe she doesn't care, but um, she knows exactly what she's doing. Um, she knows how to get to get hers. And, and, and as much as we talk about veterans in this league, um, that, that means she's as much, if not anyone else on the court. So, um, I, you know, being able to shut her down, someone of her caliber, I, I just don't think is realistic throughout the course of an entire series. Yeah. I, I don't think necessarily has to be, you know, the whole series and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, but, but I mean, that's what it boils down to for me for, for when you're talking backcourt, I mean, Courtney Williams is going to get hers. She like her confidence is sky high. She's at this level of you're not stopping her playoff form. We need a cool hashtag for her. Someone needs to get it. But then on the flip side, like that that's what I love about this pairing where when I look at the DC pairing of Natasha and Christy, I don't necessarily look at them and go, oh, one is an elite, is like in a, a top-tier elite defender, and one is a top-tier elite offensive player. I look at them and say, yeah. You know, Cloud has that good defensive mindset and is up there and has spurts of being an elite defender in the same way Tolliver has spurts of being an elite scorer, but it's not a consistent thing. Now, that being said, I look at Connecticut and I go, Jasmine Thomas is an elite defender. Courtney Williams is an elite scorer. So I'm excited to see what they do here. Um, let's move on and let's talk about the coaching. We got Coach T in one corner and Kurt Miller in one corner. And I'm just going to lay this out there. It's obvious who's the better coach because only one of these coaches has ever won a WNBA Coach of the Year award. So it's obvious. No, no. <laughs> All jokes aside, if you didn't get that joke, it's because Coach T got arguably snubbed this year when he coached the historically greatest offense in WNBA history. But also the Coach of the Year award has only been around for like three, four seasons. Uh, and Kurt Miller Coach was like the second to win it. So. Coach T should have gotten that this year. That's absolutely ridiculous for the record. That's not to take away from James Wade, but I don't even want to get into the Chicago talk, but Coach T should have won Coach of the Year. Five on eight, five on eight. Um, (laughs) But all right, so let's talk about this. Uh, Gabe, you know, who do you think takes kind of the, uh, the coaching hat in this one? Well, obviously, like you mentioned, these are both excellent coaches. So it's not so much of, to me at least, it's not so much who is the better coach. It's more of who's been making the better decisions this year and whose system that they've built this year um, matches up better. So it, to me, it's like, you know, it's you're picking hairs if you really want to talk about which one of these two are the better coach. I'd probably go with Coach T. He has, the more, he has more wins. Um, he's been around longer. I love the system that he's built this year. I think this was an unbelievable season coaching wise uh, just building like the trust of a team i think that's the most important job a coach can do so i give the nod to to coach t but you can totally convince me that miller is a better coach because of what he's been doing but i think the matchup coaching wise this in this series i think it's going to go washington's way as well uh, i think coach t really really has an understanding of how to push the buttons on this team not necessarily from the you know tactical perspective you know but how to make these people get along and and work well together. And I think that's really going to shine in the finals. I think they're going to be flowing. I think they're going to be running. I think they're going to get out in space. I think they're going to have a system that we are, we were more accustomed to seeing in the regular season. This is a great defense for the sun, but I just don't see it. um, Don't see them having the sort of slower sets that the aces had. So offensively, I think, 
the coaching advantage is to the Mystics because Coach T just doesn't really have to do much when the Mystics are on offense. That that baby will hum. Um, and I think on the other side of the ball, I think Kirk Miller is going to have to get really, really creative um, to try to see what is the best way to attack the whatever the Mystics are throwing at him. I think Coach T defensively has more options, both offensively and defensively. They're just more versatile strategically because they have more players that they can rely on and more um, different looks that they can throw out, whereas the Sun aren't so versatile. So I think he's going to have to get really creative with where he gets John Quell the ball. Is she popping or is she rolling on screens? Is uh, Alyssa basically your you know, your point guard, is she going to be, you know, doing that thing where she just runs from half court? How many times can she do that? How tired is she going to be? And I think that right there, uh, the tiredness and the kind of stamina, that might be where the coaching comes in the most. We're going to see. Do you think, Mm -hmm. well, I I have a question hearing what you're saying. Do you think that it, I mean, I I feel like the answer is kind of obvious now that I'm thinking it out loud, but for Connecticut to win, it would take, like, let's put this in player perspective of like, oh, it take a big game from John Quill Jones for Connecticut to pull off a victory in this series or take, you know, less of a big game from Lena Deldon. How do you feel like it would take more of a top tier coaching series from Kurt Miller than necessarily it would take from Coach? No, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, that's exactly where I'm getting at. So thank yeah, so we got to the same conclusion of what I was saying there. It's like, yeah, I think Kirk Miller is going to have to be perfect. Uh, and I think it's really hard to be perfect in these situations. I think he's going to have to call perfect plays. He's going to have to call perfect coverages. Whereas Coach T, you know, he can kind of just say, hey, EDD, guess a bucket. Hey, let's pack it in here and let's just stop Alyssa from getting to the rim. I think he also uh, can throw more things out there and just see what works. Like he can throw out AP, Errol Atkins. He can throw out Shatori Walker Kimbrell. You know, who knows what, who knows what he, uh, what he has in the bag. Cause you know, who knows like Tiana Hawkins got a big series. So he just has a lot more options than Kurt Miller. So I think it's going to take um, kind of what you saw in game three against the aces where the Mystics just had an awful game. If the Mystics have three awful games like that, in this series, they will lose, of course. Um, but I think there is a level that Kirk Miller, I always say Kurt, I don't know why, but Kurt Miller um, can elevate his team to where they beat the Mystics. It's just going to take a really, really excellent coaching job. So what you said is right on the money with what I was going to No, totally. I, I mean, look, that that's the, everything you're saying, Gabe, I agree with. Uh, sorry to cut you off. But yeah, I mean, that that's, that's kind of where it goes. That's what right. happens. It's going to come down to the chess game of coaches. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of what happens. Let's talk about predictions, though. We're going to start with myself. Yeah. Hold on, Aria. Hold on, Aria. Oh. Okay. Let, let, let me talk about the, the – oh. I, I don't agree with Gabe. With and me. I don't agree with that, that – yeah, I don't agree. Because I think we historically, last year in particular, we have seen moments on, on, on a game and a series and, and, a, and a playing field of this magnitude. It comes down to adjustments. It comes down to decision-making down the stretch in high-pressure moments. And that has been a question mark with, with Coach T. It has been. We talked about it last year where we felt like some of the decision-making down the stretch was a little bit questionable. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, I do. Oh, so I, I don't know that it's just as easy as saying, hey, Elena, go get us a bucket. Yeah, I mean, of course, the fact that they have that in, in so many ways probably does give them the edge. She's she's the, the best player in the world. But we're, we're talking about two teams that are completely different 
that are that are operating at a very high level and very cohesive right now. And it's going to come down to a lot of adjustments. And the, sometimes the difference is adjustments down the stretch in those high pri- high profile fourth quarter moments. And it does rest on the shoulders of both of the Kurt Miller and Mike Tebow. And my question mark has been Mike Tebow's ability to make those decisions in high pressure, tense moments. I don't know enough historically throughout the course of his career, but I know what I've witnessed the last couple of seasons. And that was kind of one thing I questioned was his ability to make the right calls um, and his ability to make the right decisions for his team in those moments. Now you could flip it and you could say, Hey, this is a brand new environment for Kurt Miller. (laughs) You know, he, he has not been in a finals, let alone a semifinals. And since he has been in the league. So, you know, that, that's a little bit of a question mark as well, but he certainly has been um, in other moments. And so I, I really do think it is going to be such a fine line in moments. And, and there, there's, we're, we're going to have moments where we look back on this series or key moments in the game and say, man, he, Kurt outcoached Mike or Mike outcoached Kurt in this moment, or, or this decision and in, in this coming, coming out of halftime had a huge impact on the game. I really think that it comes down to the tiniest little things in the series we're getting ready to watch. Yeah, this is this is a career-defining series. Some somehow for Coach T, I mean, not career-defining, but legacy, um, somewhat legacy-defining. Like this is going to be something. This series will be something we remember for both coaches. So I think you're totally right, Rachel. Um, I just think it's going to go out the other way. All right, well, well let's mm-hmm. flip it in reverse. Let's talk predictions. I've already laid mine down. I got Connecticut winning in five. Rachel, what you got? <laughs> You know, I've got Washington winning in five. Gabe? I, too, have Washington winning. Connecticut, no. So I have have Washington winning. My brain says five because, of course, it does. My heart says a sweep. But I'm going to – officially, I'm going uh, miss six and five because your brain's always right, people. Always listen to your brain first. One thing I want to make note of, um, the Connecticut Sun have not been great on the road this year. They mm-hmm. finished regular season eight and nine on the road. So you have to start with your first two in DC and you, you, your best chance is to hope you can steal one. And if it gets pushed to a, f- a game five, you, you go back to DC. So that that's a huge part mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Washington has been um, not, not phenomenal, but they've been much better on the road finishing 12 and five through the season. Um, so I think, DC having the number one seed and that home court advantage is probably even more so than, than anything we've seen in the past, such a key aspect of this as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Well, guys, we ran over a little bit, but hey, it's the WNBA <laughs> Finals, so we can go over as long as we want. We believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.